Welcome to Handling Business. I'm your host, Britt Alvaru, the founder and CEO of Handler. I don't know about you, but when I first started my business, I really wished that I could just call up a successful business owner who had already been there and done that and ask them how they did it. That's why we started this podcast. We ask leading service industry experts and successful entrepreneurs the questions you've been dying to find the answers to so that you can create a scalable, thriving business that lets you live the life you've always wanted. This podcast is brought to you by Handler, easy apps for handling your business on demand. To learn more about Handler or to send us a business question to be featured on our show, visit us at myhandler.com. That's M-Y-H-A-N-D-L-R.com. Or visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter using the hashtag I'm Handling Business. If your question is chosen, your business will get a shout out on our show. So are you ready to handle it? Let's do this. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Handle It podcast. We're super excited because today we have Lauren Pietro Carlo, who's the owner of Dogs Deserve It. She is also the proud mother of two sons, one furry one named Guido. Prior to starting DDI, she worked as a political strategist for over five years. Lauren started law school with the intentions of becoming a lawyer, but quickly knew that she needed to capitalize on her eternal entrepreneurial fervor. After much research and contemplation, Lauren started DDI in 2009 by herself and has since grown the company to 70 walkers and five in-house managers. Her focus has been and always will be on innovation and reliability. Dogs Deserve It was the first company to utilize walker tracking using timestamp pedometers and the first to provide their walkers with salary and benefits. Dogs Deserve It believes that accountability and walker happiness will continue to set them apart from their competition. So Lauren, thanks so much for being on the show with us. Yes, thank you so much, Britt. Thank you for having us on. We're so excited. Um. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of wanted to add in there that not only do I own Servit, but I also own a company called Bark Pouch. Um, We created a first-of-its-kind dog treat dispenser um, with minimally processed ingredients. So that's kind of what I do in my spare time when I'm not running DDI. Wow. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Personally, um, a little bit kind of fun tidbit about me is that I speak Italian fluently and am a few months away from giving birth to my second son. Congratulations. Um, How do you fit in the time to do all of this? I, I'm just blown away by that. Goodness. Yeah, it is a challenge. Um, I think now that we have uh, our five in-house managers, it does allow me to kind of step away from the office a little bit more, um, which I know is every entrepreneur's dream that they can have that flexible schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I kind of feel like I am in the point that we have a general manager that can pretty much run the business herself. So um, I'm able to squeeze in as much family time as I can. That's great. I mean, that's why everybody gets into being an entrepreneur is to gain that freedom. But Unfortunately, so many get stuck at the solopreneur stage or it's just something that they've chosen that they're comfortable with. But that's why we're excited to have you on the show today, because we want to kind of dive in deeper to how you went from, you know, just starting DDI on your own and now growing it to the size that you have. So, yeah, perfect. Um, 
Okay. And then also, oh, you mentioned that you speak Italian fluently. Is your family Italian? Yes, our whole family is Italian. I am 100% Italian. So is my husband. We're both first generation Italian. Wow. Um, and the all of our boys' uh, names in our family are Italian. We have my dog, Guido, my son, Giovanni, and soon to be Rocco, um, the next boy due in May. <laughs> oh, I love that name. Very cute. Thank you. All right. Awesome. Okay. So, Lauren, this might seem a little funny, this question, but just so we can get to know you a little bit more, if you were a breed of dog, what would you be and why? Yes. So, of course, I'm partial to my own dog, Guido, who is a schnoodle. So that is the one that I most relate to. Um, I always say that he's basically the dog version of me. He's (laughs) a bit neurotic, um, but he loves to sleep and is constantly awkward. (laughs) (laughs) He is a extroverted introvert um, like myself. So we just relate and um, I feel like he's the best model of what I would be like if I were a dog. Cute. I can definitely relate to that also. Um, yeah, especially the neurotic part. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the beauty of being an entrepreneur, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So Lauren, getting back to DDI. Um, so tell us when did you start your business and what kind of led you there? Sure. So I started my business in 2009. Um, as you kind of mentioned in the bio, I worked in political strategy for more than five years and really kind of felt that I needed a break from Chicago politics. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very fun job, but it is a very daunting job at the same time. Um, so I was originally slotted to go to law school after I got out of my political strategy job and actually um, started school. But not too long into it, I realized that law school was really not for me. Everyone around me, everyone that's always known me has always said I need to start my own business. Um, And I finally decided that it was the perfect time for me to become an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Um, I always adored dogs. I wanted to be a vet since I was a kid, but I could never quite stomach the medical part of it. Um, And I knew from experience having my own dog that the pet care industry um, nationwide and in specific in Chicago needed to have more professionalism and that it lacked accountability. It was a lot of mom and pop shops that, you know, they went into the dog walking industry because they love dogs, but they didn't Mm -hmm. really know how to run a business. Um, So I decided to create the most, uh, what I like to call the most comprehensive and reliable, innovative and professional dog walking company in Chicago. Um, And I did that with a few different tenants that we um, always say are kind of our our DDI difference. Um, The first being the walker tracking, which is what we started at timestamp pedometers, and now we use GPS tracking. Um, Mm -hmm. And the on-leash etiquette component of it, um, which is uh, I, I actually trained with a trainer before I started the company for almost a year. So I could learn exactly how, Um, dogs should be walked, the different proper usage of collars and harnesses so that we could lend that expertise to our client. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, just 
you know, the professionalism and what you, what we gave them and the um, type of notes that we left for our clients, the type of care that we exhibited for their dogs and the type of customer service that we provided. Perfect. Yep. I mean, that's, that's everything with, you know, this industry, I think is the transparency and giving your clients the most peace of mind. And, and you're right. There's not a whole lot of, um, of guidelines or any sort of standards in the industry. I think that that's starting now with a lot of the associations that are, you know, providing different types of courses and things like that. But you've really been a pioneer in this. And I think you've set a really great example for other companies that, um, that are now providing kind of, you know, similar levels of, of professionalism and expertise, but you've definitely been the pioneer in this, which is why you now have one of the largest dog walking companies in Chicago. Um, so what was it like when you first started, uh, the business and when you were a solopreneur and what was, what had had to happen before you were able to bring on your first employee and what was kind of the tipping point for that? Mm -hmm. So when I first started, obviously, I was my only employee. And so I was not only um, doing all the client relations, but doing all the walking. Um, I would say about nine months into starting the business, we had enough new business demand, um, new clients that, you know, were constantly emailing us and wondering when we could take them on mm -hmm. that I felt confident um, to bring on my first employee and step back my regular dog walking route a little bit. Um, you know, this is always the toughest transition for, for, uh, solopreneurs to make. And I often mentor small businesses and there's always a great deal of apprehension around this decision, primarily because you're usually taking a financial cut at first. And so, you know, I always say that once you reach that point of quote unquote critical mass, um, where you cannot take any more walks yourself, um, and you feel that the new business demand is there, that, you know, you have to take that kind of temporary loss, um, and, you know, look towards the company's future growth and focus on that. And, you know, quickly you'll be able to recover that loss. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's definitely great advice. It's and it does seem scary. I think that a lot of people are also intimidated by the kind of legal aspects and um, and making sure that they're doing it right and questions regarding independent contractors versus employees. Um, can you describe what steps that you took to kind of get to the point where you were comfortable bringing on your employees? Sure. Yeah. So I mean you know, bringing on employees is, is a whole different thing. And, you know, legally, financially, but also, you know, just personally, the relationship you have with your clients, um, you know, you want to make sure that your employees who you hire are good representatives. Um, logistically, I have always been very legally inclined. So when I started the business, I wanted to start it right. So um, a few months into starting it, I consulted an attorney to draft a proper employee contract and a proper policy handbook. Um, and this was an investment at first, but it was something that I felt was a necessity, especially because, you know, people were trusting me, they knew me. And, um, you know, so I wanted, I wanted to make sure that that was all set in stone and done right. Um, I also created a proprietary training program for our walkers. 
so that they could properly represent DDI and, and um, you know, be a good representation of what the brand stood for. Mm-hmm. And we still use that training program now. It's tweaked slightly, but um, that is just, you know, trying to, again, focus on the tenants that DDI stands for, but, you know, really just arming them with all the necessary um, tools and information in order for them to deal with um, all different types of dogs and clients as well. Right. And you mentioned in there that you were, you know, your clients knew you and they trusted you. I think a lot of people are really fearful of their clients knowing them and wanting them, but then being able to kind of transition to employees and feeling like their clients might feel uh, let down in a way. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I think that, you know, having the employee policy handbook and having these things written down so that everybody is doing the same thing and following the same procedures, it really gives clients, you know, that peace of mind that things, they're still going to get the same level of quality and care. And maybe if not more, because now you're there to be the manager and to make sure all these people are doing exactly what they should be doing. Um, But can you expand upon that a little bit um, and how people can kind of get their customers to to trust and be okay with the fact that they may have employees coming to walk their dogs um, instead of it always being them? Yes. So this is definitely, I think this was the first time I had ever really dealt uh, with how to manage customer expectations. And, you know, it was a very valuable lesson for me because, you know, even to this day when you have walker turnover, which is the reality of the industry, Um, You know, people get attached to people. And so really what you have to make clear to your clients is that these are, you know, they're they're all trained in the exact way that you do business and the exact way that you take care of their pets. And so whether that be for their comment writing or, or providing structures for that, that, you know, it will always run in line with the care that you would give them. Um, Also, you know, just training them to an extent that like they're constantly shadowing the walker or myself so that they know, um, you know, the relationship that they, that you had previously so that they can mimic that. Um, and also offering up meet and greets, you know, is a really big part of just making the client feel comfortable. So, you know, whether that takes one meet and greet or two or three, all free of charge, just to make sure that that transition, um, you know, is done with their best interest in mind. Those are great tips. Yep. We, I totally agree. The meet and greets are, are key to making them feel comfortable and, and just being able to put a face to the person. Um, so, okay, perfect. Well, that's really, really great info. And then there's always the, the great debate between, um, employees versus contractors in this industry. And um, we spoke a while back and and I was really impressed by kind of measures you were taking to inform people about how how you have to be protected in a way and you can protect your business by having employees and also you can sleep better at night. (laughs) Yes, you may not you know, you're avoiding getting in trouble with any sort of labor laws, things like that. So um, I'd love to learn more about kind of why you started out with employees and what kind of the pros and cons are. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so this is definitely kind of a gray area with dog walking companies. Um, a lot of people will find justifications as to why they're 1099s. Um, but after kind of looking into it more um, from the legal approach and the IRS viewpoint, I felt that, you know, employees um, were the legally sound decision to make. Um, I am definitely not a gambler. I would much rather do everything by the book, even if that means, uh, you know, it costs me more money in the short term or long term. Um, to me, it's a better solution than possibly being put out of business. Um, I know a lot of folks still treat them as 1099s just because, you know, the margin in dog walking companies is usually so small mm -hmm. that if you treat them as 1099s, you know, you're taking out, uh, you know, a big chunk that you would otherwise have to pay their payroll tax. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that is kind of the main benefit. The other benefit is that, you know, if you treat them as a 1099, a lot of folks um, will not provide them with workers' compensation insurance, um, which is an inordinately large expense for dog walking companies because we are classed so high. Right. So what that what that means is we're essentially classed in the same rate as roofers. So you know we have a very high rate that we're paying, and you really kind of get gouged with that. Um, so you know those are all the reasons that I think people end up choosing the 1099 option. But you have to kind of fly under the radar on that. And if you IRS happens to get winds of what you're doing, you know, I've, I've known so many folks in this industry that have had to t pay back taxes and fines. And when they couldn't pay it, you know, they had to shut down their business. Gosh. So, yeah, yeah. That's worst nightmare scenario. Yep. Yep. Okay, great. So, um, Going back to kind of, you mentioned that, you know, it's all about the team and your business's success is really reliant on building a great team. And what, what are some of the things that you do to find people? I think people ask me that all the time is, you know, where are you finding people, Craigslist, word of mouth, or um, any other sort of hiring platforms that you use? We kind of wanted to ask you what sort of challenges that you faced with employees. What's your biggest challenge and how have you overcome that? Sure. Sorry about the dog in the background there. <laughs> no worries. We're very um, used to that in the dog yes. world here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as you kind of hit on, um, Brittany, staffing, I mean, is definitely the hardest part of the dog walking industry. Any dog walking company owner can attest to this. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's also another reason why dog walking companies have not really been super successful and able to scale their businesses to, you know, the point of, let's say, you know, 10 to 15 company owned locations across the country. It's because, you know, it's hard to kind of make this process streamlined. Mm -hmm. um, what we have found, and, you know, we constantly review this even to this day, is that you know, the common characteristics that we're looking for is very detail-oriented um, professionalism. Um, in Chicago, a huge part of it is that you have to be okay with all the inclement weather. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and has an overwhelming love for dogs because, you know, we always, when we when we interview people, we always tell them that you could, you could love dogs or you can really love dogs and you have to really love dogs because not every dog is going to be easy to get on leash. Not every dog is going to want to walk. And you know, you really have to have that overwhelming desire to be with dogs for this job. Um, 
so that you know this type of person is not always easy to find um mm-hmm. due to the low pay um and uh you know the other conditions that are surround dog walking the retention is typically pretty low um which is you know not always good because the obviously the customer has expectations that they want consistency there mm-hmm. um we have found our best bet to be that artists are usually the best fit. Um, they work well with our needs and they're looking for a more out of the box job. We have uh, a few art schools in Chicago. So we're so lucky. We have the School of the Art Institute that we have a relationship with and we constantly are recruiting from there. And a lot of times artists' schedules lend to this schedule very well. So they you know, do work at night or on the weekends, and they're not looking for a nine to five desk job. Um, so, you know, that is, that's been a huge resource for us. We also use other avenues like Fetch Find, um, Indeed, Craigslist. Um, we also offer our employees incentivization. So, you know, we'll give you $100 if you bring in, you know, three good employees that last six months or more. Um, so, you know, we, we've tried those avenues as well. Now that we've switched from per walk payment to salary and providing them with, um, some limited benefits, it's definitely helped us attract more long-term employees and more of the caliber of employee that our customers, um, demand and expect. Interesting. And what sort, what sort of, uh, benefits are you offering them? Sure. So we offer them paid time off and um, 401k plan. Great. Okay. For retention, are you offering any sort of incentivization for um, (laughs) staying longer than six months? So are you giving any bonuses or anything like that? Yes. So we definitely do. We have like a strict bonus track that we follow and raise track. Um, and if they do stay with us for six months or longer, we also increase their paid time off. So we bump them up, give them anywhere from five to 15 more extra PTO hours. Mm -hmm. Um, so we definitely, uh, do that, even though, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, well then maybe they'll quit at the seventh month then once they've gotten all that. Mm -hmm. Um, but to us, it's worth, it's worth the risk. And, you know, we usually have a relationship with our employees, that we know after six months, you know, that we feel confident in them and we know that they're going to stay. Okay, perfect. Those are great tips because um, people are always asking, you know, how, how do I get my employees to stay? How do I make sure that they're happy? And I think that's what it is. We want them to be happy. But at the same time, you know, the margins are very can be very slim in this business. So um, being creative with paid time off and bonuses, I think that that helps a lot. Lauren, how many visits per day do you do? How many walks are you doing? Sure. So it varies day to day, but usually, you know, upwards of several hundred per day, just walks. And then we have cat sits and rabbit sits and pet taxis, pet sitting. So, you know, those count for a few hundred other appointments as well. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, we, you know, we managed to keep about 70 staff pretty busy. Um, most people work anywhere from like a four to seven hour shift. Mm-hmm. How do you keep all of this organized and streamlined? Um, you know, what are, what are some of the processes that you have so that they're, you're delivering the same sort of customer experience every time. 
Sure. Um, so we have designated managers that handle different aspects of our business. Um, so we have one person that is just handles all of our scheduling. We have a new client manager that handles all new business intake, um, as well as uh, recruitment. We have an HR manager um, that you know serves as kind of a, a point person um, for all of our walkers to consult, and then we have a general manager who oversees all that. Wow. So mm-hmm. you know, even though they each have a kind of defined scope of work. Um, like any small business, we all pitch in to ensure the job is done and done well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we're constantly overlapping duties, um, you know, and just trying to help each other to, you know, make sure that, uh, we meet everyone's expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, so we have a scheduling software that we utilize for our scheduling. Um, all of our dog instructions we put on Google drive. Mm -hmm. Um, we also, um, hold very kind of strict guidelines for training, what we do on walks and how to manage walkers. So we have that, um, you know, structure there for the training and continuing education program so that it really kind of um, effortlessly guides our walkers during their job so that, you know, if we put in 40 hours of training right away, that eventually, you know, that'll come back and help us because they are so well prepared for their job. When you have your scheduler, your new client manager, your HR manager, all these managers, um, when they need time off, who are they all trained in each other's jobs so that um, somebody can always cover it? Because I think that's a, another thing that people have a hard time getting past, you know, when they're thinking about hiring their first manager or assistant manager is that, you know, all of this information is locked in people's heads. And they, mm-hmm. they wonder, like, who could ever take all these variables of all these routes and all these different dogs and all these different walkers and be able to manage the schedule. So what are some ways that you um, have made it so that all of that is very kind of streamlined and, and, and put in a place that's organized so that anybody can go and, and reference it? Sure. So we have an operations manual that um, it's essentially, I think, 600 pages long that goes into every single um, part of our operations, whether that be training, um, onboarding, interviewing process, how to respond to clients in different scenarios, emergency protocol. And we felt that that was, it took us about a year to put together. We felt that that would be the best way in case, you know, our general manager suddenly has to be out for three months or something like that. And you can look in um, this operations manual and you can see, okay, here's the job descriptions for all of our managers. And then here's what falls below. So within the operations manual, you know, Danielle has payroll, you know, monitoring walkers, doing reviews. And then you can access that manual and see the exact process that she goes through. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also gives them um, in, in those job descriptions what their Monday through Friday tasks are as well. So I think, you know, although it is a, a labor of love and it mm-hmm. takes a long time, that in operations manual is kind of essential when you get to the size that we are, especially if you want to step out a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you want other people to kind of, you know, take your place or take other managers' places. 
Yeah, that's really great, great stuff. Um, Because a lot of people, they just can't even fathom like how to step away from their business. But you are living proof that you can. It just takes (laughs) a lot of legwork. It takes a lot of time to get there. But then once you have these big things done and out of the way, you can rest assured that even if something happened to you, say that you are, you know, doing everything on your own. But what happens if if you're in a coma for a month, is your business going to fall apart? Or if you break your leg. So that's why I just stress to people that, you know, it may be a lot of work to, to get all of this organized and in place, but it is so worth it. Definitely. Um, Yeah, it's definitely worth, worth the amount of time it takes. And, you know, also just something really quick that I forgot that would be helpful is every time we hire a new manager, we have them trade with the other managers for at least a week so that they can know their jobs as well. Um, so, you know, that's another thing that, again, it takes time, but it's definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then what about your customer service? What are, what's your biggest secret for keeping your clients happy? Sure. So we always say, you know, there's so many dog walking companies that you can call, 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 and you'll never get anyone on the phone. Mm-hmm. We always answer the phone. Um, we live by the motto that when in doubt, call. So if we have a client email come that comes in and they're, you know, expressing some type of frustration, rather than handle that over email, we always get them on the phone. Um, and we think this makes a huge difference um, in, in client management because a lot of things can kind of be misinterpreted over email. And, you know, we want to be able to foster that personal connection we have with our clients. And we feel that that is best done over the phone. Mm-hmm. Um in, you know, just general emails, we have a goal to always return emails within five minutes of returning of receiving them. Um, we do not sit on emails, we are constantly, you know, in touch with our clients in real time. Um, so I feel like that those kind of two things really lend to our success. And, um, you know, a lot of our clients will remark, whether it be on Yelp or personally, that the customer service that they receive is above and beyond. And, you know, you have to provide that to be able to stand out in this industry among, you know, 300 other dog walking companies in Chicago. Right. Yep, exactly. Because I noticed that in your signature of your email that you have um, a lot of your policies within it. And that is something that we did. Um, about a year ago as well with my business dogs energy because we were we got trapped in the hamster wheel of just answering calls and emails and texts at almost all hours of the day and it was completely burning out um my managers so what um what are some of the policies that you have with that do you have office hours um can you describe those yeah so we always feel that laying out rules limits, guidelines are ultimately beneficial with client relations, whether or not that might seem that like, oh, now my business has become, you know, less personal, or, you know, they're not going to feel like a family member anymore. Ultimately, it is for the best of the business and clients will come to respect that. Mm -hmm. Um, We have business hours from 830 to 5. And then anything after five goes to an on-call manager that we have on staff. Um, The on-call management is, you know, the the beauty of it is that a lot of people um, 
can do it. So we have it spread out among six of our walkers and then they just schedule for what days they want to be on call. And it allows the walkers also to make a little bit extra money and learn how to manage, which is an invaluable tool. Um, so we have those, uh, managers in place, but they only respond to emergency emails. So if someone emails and says, I want to cancel my walk tomorrow, they're not going to hear back from us until the next morning. And they're not expecting that until that point. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have, you know, we're very firm on our cancellation policy. So, um, you know, we have fees that are incurred if you, um, cancel last minute or if you um, book last minute and those are pretty strictly adhered to um, and so you know we just we we try to you know although we are a small business we try to remain quote-unquote you know corporate as much as we can with our policies um, so that you know it's not constantly wheeling and dealing on the phone with you know clients for hours and hours because you know they want to bend x y and z policy Mm-hmm. I mean, clear communication is everything. I mean, that's like with dog training, for instance, a dog that knows what they have to do every time they're calmer and they're happier because everybody has knows the protocol. And exactly. I mean, I, I don't I hate to say it, but, you know, it is kind of like dog training with clients sometimes. <laughs> exactly. Like, let's all follow the same sort of communication and then everybody will be happier and um, everything will get taken care of. But this has been so great, Lauren. I just have a few more questions really quick. Um, do you have a favorite business book? Yes. So when I started this business, I was told to read the E-Myth. Um, which is, you know, the classic uh, entrepreneur starting book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that has really always helped me. And especially in this industry, when he um, zones in on the kind of barriers to entry, which in the dog walking industry, there really aren't any, um, really kind of spoke to me and helped me um, form the business and guide me along the formation process. Mm-hmm. And the E-Myth is my favorite too. Unfortunately, I read it a few years into my business, so I had to really stumble <laughs> through the first years. That has definitely been my business Bible too. It's all about the systems and processes. And and you can just see how you run your business that you know this book has, I think, been a big part of why you have always been so organized and um if anybody wants a guide on how to do it like lauren (laughs) read this book it will help you (laughs) yes it's wonderful and it's an easy read too it's super quick so (laughs) yep yep we don't have a whole lot of time as business owners so it's perfect (laughs) okay and do you have a favorite quote that you live by or a piece of advice for new entrepreneurs who are just starting out and listening Yes. So I remember when I started off my business and I would get so excited when I get a new client. But what I quickly came to realize is um, there's a quote that says to keep a customer demands as much skill as to win one. Um, And (laughs) this is so true. Um, You know, new business acquisition is is not, you know, the only thing that matters. Really, I would argue to say that once you onboard them, um, that it's even more important to kind of keep in touch with them and keep them satisfied because, um, you know, client retention is just as important as things like employee retention. Mm-hmm. That's a really great quote. Um, to keep a customer demands as much skill as to win one. I love that. Lauren, what are your goals this year? Traditionally, our business, since we started it 
um, has like doubled in size almost every year. But then, you know, when you get to a size that we are now, it becomes difficult to kind of achieve those goals. So Mm -hmm. our goal for this year is that we have a 30% increase um, in revenue. And that alongside that, that we're really able to kind of hone in and focus on increasing employee retention. And what really quick, what are what's your number one way to get a new client? Where are they mostly coming from? Well, I I hate to say it, but um, I would say that it's twofold. But the first one being Yelp, Um, it is the bane of most business owners existence. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I know a lot of us live in fear of it. Um, And until there is a better kind of customer rating application like Handler, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, there, you know, we will be kind of relying on those um, customer review sites like Yelp. But also, Mm -hmm. um, I would say a huge portion comes just from our existing customer referrals. People, you know, they having a dog is so personal this service is so personal they want to know someone that has used the service before and trust that and so i would say that that is a huge portion of our referral source awesome well lauren you have been just a wealth of information and i appreciate you being on our show so much um do you have any last words for our listeners out there who have their own business and they're just kind of in the muck of it right now and they really, really want to get to the next level and to be where you are. Any last words of advice for them? Yes, definitely hang in there. You can get through it. Um, I have been at this, you know, for so long that I remember so many times where I would call up my husband and say, okay, I'm ready to sell my business. Um, but you know, ultimately your work-life balance can be achieved. And I would say never be afraid to ask for help. And in my opinion, money begets money. So if you need to bring in a business consultant to help you, ultimately it will will pay off and it'll help you. So, you know, don't be afraid to spend money to get where you need to be. Awesome. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks for being on the show. Okay. Thanks so much, Britt. Thank you for listening to this episode of Handling Business. To learn more about how Handler can help you automate and scale your mobile service business, visit us at myhandler.com. That's M-Y-H-A-N-D-L-R.com. With Handler, your clients can book on demand, GPS track your service providers, receive check-in and check-out notifications, and chat with you and your staff. Your staff will get instant notifications they've been booked, get directions to the job, and be able to check in and check out to confirm automatic payment. You will have total control and peace of mind that your business is being handled. Apply now to become a Handler Partner today.